Good Monday morning, listeners. It is Mind Shit to Millions, and this is Adrian Swanson and Jesse Roy. So first, just want to start off by saying to everyone that Adrian and I fully believe that we are in the perfect place. Like everything that has happened in our lives has led us to this moment and nothing could have been better for us and our families and our businesses. And um, I believe it was um, Byron Katie who said, if you argue with reality, you will lose every time. So that's kind of why I choose to believe that everything has happened perfectly because believing anything else is, I guess, somewhat traumatic. Like you kind of like beat yourself up and wish that things were different. And that's just not really a helpful place to be. But now in my 46 years, I'm just now fully learning <laughs> that concept. <laughs> Only took 46. <laughs> I know, right? Like that used to be my MO for so many years, you know, telling myself I was, you know, dumb or why didn't I get things sooner? So you were in that cycle of beating yourself up. Oh yeah. Huge, huge. And I, I mean, I went through probably like 12 months of coaching and it's like, we coached on that every day. So it took 12 months for me to get, you know, out of that cycle. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and I was the same way I went through, you know, a solid six months before I even started to be able to recognize like, oh, Hey, I can change this, this beating of myself up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like it's, I mean, it, it's self-defeating, right? <laughs> mm -hmm. Very much so, <laughs> but it's comfortable and it's easy. So, um, I think Adrian and I have both come to the place where, you know, we just completely recognize and accept that everything in our lives have been perfect up to this point, because doing anything else would kind of be crazy. <laughs> well, we wouldn't have ended up here. So some yeah. of that beating ourselves up is, um, uh, what we had to go through in order to do the work to recognize like, Hey, anyone can change the way they think about their situation. Yeah. With work. I hate to say it, but with work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. There is work involved. However, with that being said, we both like we were, um, you know, getting together for one of our jam sessions, planning out, you know, what we want to roll out for our audience and our clients. And, you know, we, we both were just like, man, we really wish we would have gotten into this mindset work so much sooner because it has completely transformed both of our lives and like every aspect of our lives. And, you know, I had been getting hints and whispers of mindset work, you know, from my early teens, like my parents were, um, going to these weird conferences and they would tell us, you know, kind of what the, the stuff that they were working on. And I was just like, you guys are a bunch of weirdos. Why are you going and doing that stuff? And, you know, looking back now, I realized they were working on their marriage and trying to save their marriage. And, the, you know, touchy feely emotional getting your stuff. It didn't really work to save their marriage, but you know, that's neither here nor there, but you know, from that time that they started going to these conferences, you know, my dad would just kind of like 
drop hints and um, little messages to me, you know, as I was growing up, like you always get what you ask for and what you think about, you bring about. And I was just like, man, I, what the, I don't know what you're, I mean, come on, this is just ridiculous. I don't believe you at all. And he, you know, he would use the word manifesting, which to me as a teenager felt like really weird and off the wall. (laughs) I think that's so funny that you say weird because in my experiences, every time somebody would talk like that, or, you know, say those things, I would always be like, that's such a hippie mindset, right? Like I would sort of write it off or now I recognize with the work that it was uncomfortable. So I would kind of like roll my eyes and walk away and be like, Oh, that's so weird. Like, why would you think that way? You know what I mean? Like, it's so funny to look back on it now because I think that it was, it was uncomfortable and it was scary and I didn't understand it, you know? Yes. I know. Like there's just even, you know, outside of my dad, like there were just so many books that I read, like getting into books felt safe to me. Right. Cause like I didn't have anybody looking at me. I didn't have anyone judging me. Like this was just me, my personal stuff, you know, like I was like, okay, I'll just ease myself into this mindset work and get a book and read it. But I don't remember the name of my first self-help book that I got, but I'm pretty sure I hit it (laughs) (laughs) because I didn't want anyone in like my house to see that I was like reading a book that might help me, you know, because if I was looking for help, then something must be wrong with me. Right. That is so fun. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people feel that way. How did, do you remember how you felt when you were reading the book? Like, did you feel like you were actually going to do it? Or did you like, do you remember on your first self-help book, like how you felt? So I was just like, wow, this is some really good information here. And, you know, it echoed and mirrored a lot of the stuff that my dad had been saying. And so I was like, well, okay. You know, I was just slowly starting to open up idea of like self-development and personal help or personal growth. And, but I still didn't take any like actions. It was just more of like being interested and curious and like, hmm, maybe there's something here. Or, you know, I did want to take action, but I didn't really still understand how to do the work. Hmm. And it really wasn't until I got into coaching and had someone coach me that I understood how to apply all the tools that I'd been hearing from my dad and reading in books and even take, you know, I've taken, took workshops and, you know, seminars and, and things like that. And, you know, had a lot of information. I just never understood how to make those changes and differences in my life. I think that's, that is a very hard part of it, right? Like the actually doing the work, like I agree with you. I had read some self-help books and some of it, I did the typical eye rolling, like, Oh God, like, cause I, it was, it was uncomfortable and I didn't know what to do with it. Some of it, like you said, I took a very informational, like, Oh, okay. This is something maybe I could implement. And some you do, and some you do for a minute and then you stop and you know, the typical ways, but then once 
I got coaching, it, it really worked on my exact thoughts. Like, because I think when you're reading a book, you're taking in some of the knowledge, but you don't know where those thoughts are stemming from personally. Like, you know, you have the thought, like, you know, you're beating yourself up or what you think about, you bring about, but you don't really recognize what you're thinking about. Like you think you do, but then when somebody else repeats your words back to you or shows you, you kind of, I didn't recognize that the words that were coming out of my mouth sounded the way they sounded till they were repeated back. Because I think we're all used to the way we're living and we just keep going about the same, right? Because that's what you do. It's comfortable. It's easy. That's what you know. And until somebody said it back to me, I was like, I didn't say that. Oh my God, I said that. Like, wow. Why would you would never talk to your husband, your kid, your best friend that way? What are you doing talking to yourself that way? And it's crazy to me um, that uncomfortableness, we use words like weird and hippie and that's so bizarre, right? Like, because we were uncomfortable, right? We knew mm -hmm. it was going to push us when your dad was talking to you, to you, it sounded weird. Cause you're like, I don't know. What are you talking? You know, that's just, instead of like, when you're in science class, you hear something and you're like, that's interesting. Tell me more. It's mm -hmm. weird how, when it comes to emotions or feelings, it becomes weird and not like, Oh, interesting. Tell me more. It's like, Oh, that's, mm, I don't mm. <laughs> Yes. Like there was almost like a wall put up. It was like, I don't want to hear this. Cause you know, when dad would, my dad would start saying these words that I was uncomfortable with, like my insides would get all cringy and I would worry about like what other people would think of him for going and doing these things. You know, I was like, dad, what are you doing? Talking about this? Like, you don't want people to know you're going to doing this like weird stuff. Like I I was so worried for him. Isn't that <laughs> funny? Well, because again, for your brain, it was easier to worry about him and make it seem like his issue. Because like you said, when he's saying what you think about, you bring about, and you were feeling a little unhappy where you were, that meant it was your fault and nobody wants it to be their fault. They want it to be somebody else's fault. So it was easier to be like, oh, dad, like, you don't want people to know you're doing this. That's so bad. Like, or that's so weird or whatever versus like you going, oh, wow. Am I really creating this reality for myself? Like nobody mm -hmm. wants to do that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. And it's, I mean, it's interesting that you say how we don't want to take ownership. And I see that in my 18 year old almost every day, even to this day, you know, he just, he still blames, you know, a lot of stuff on me. and. Oh my gosh. I just really, I really wish, I really wish that he would get the memo that he is creating his reality. And it's hard. We can't help. You can't force other people to, to have this. Like your dad was trying to help you. Mm -hmm. We had lots of books we read of things trying to help us. I can think of people who tried to talk to me. I remember when my brother first talked to me, my brother did this work a lot earlier than me. And I was just like, same thing, rolling my eyes, like, okay, my brother, you know, like <laughs> it's terrible, but it's true because I like, I wasn't there and ready. And your 18 year old is not there and ready. It's easier mm -hmm. to blame you. It's easier to blame anybody, but yourself. I mean, that's, that's a hard thing to do. I mean, Mm -hmm. because like you said, society makes you feel like if 
uh, you need help, you've done something wrong or you can't do it yourself. Like there's that pride thing we talked about. There's that, like, you know, you don't want to need other people. You don't want to rely on other people, like all of that, instead of recognizing, like, you know, when you're uncomfortable, when you need help, you're growing, somebody is helping you grow. Like they're taking the time to try to help you grow and it's uncomfortable and it's not always fun, but in the end, you're going to be that much further than where you are right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You just have to be, and I'm sure my dad probably felt the same way about me. Like, Oh gosh, I wish this girl would just get it. (laughs) But it like took me 30 years. Oh Lord. I don't know if I can wait for my 18 year old for 30 years. You you waited 18. You've only got 12 more sister. Oh my God. (laughs) So painful. So painful. So but the only thing is if you can go back to recognizing you and I wish we would have started sooner, like you would have listened to your dad, or I would have listened to my brother or anybody, the books or anything, but knowing that he's on his path and he's in his perfect place where he is right now for some reason. And even though for you, it's super frustrating, (laughs) it's knowing that in the end, he's going to get where he needs to be. It's just his path is different than yours or mine or anybody else's. Yep. Yep. And it's, it's perfect no matter what. And I say that with a lot of cringiness in my, (laughs) she had a little eye roll. Like I was talking about earlier. (laughs) (laughs) Like I can accept that for myself, but when it comes to my kid and all his muck-ups, nope. She's still working there. She's still working there. <laughs> I am still doing work on that sweet child of mine. And I was um, thinking about him the other day. My husband called him a pretty boy. And man, when he was a baby, we used to, you know, um, say how pretty we, he was. And, you know, my family was like, I don't know if we should call a boy pretty, but he just really is really pretty. He just, you know, had these beautiful chubby cheeks and bright eyes and long eyelashes and, you know, I, I got down on myself in that moment though, because of where, you know, where he is at and struggling in his life right now. Like I felt guilty. I'm like, you know, this sweet, innocent child. And, you know, my parenting has led him to this place of not, not, not good things right now. You know, with the work that you've done, that it's not about your parenting. Right. And that's, it it was brief. And then I was like, Jessica, you cannot like, it was almost like, how dare I put all of that on me? Like I am not that powerful. (laughs) No, no. And I think that's the hard part as, you know, parents or just in general, when other people say things, we take a lot of it on ourselves. Right. Like, and I think that that's the hardest part about life is recognizing that what anybody says is not, that's their perception that, so his perception is that like, he can blame you and that's what it is, but he's made choices. He's picked Mm -hmm. certain friends. He's picked certain routes. There are people who have come from really bad, bad families and turn themselves into good, good people and vice versa. So Mm -hmm. not that everything is personal choice. It's just easier 
Mm-hmm. to blight. And like for you, it's easier to take it on yourself for a minute to be like, mm-hmm. yep, I'm a terrible person. It was all me. It, it can't be him. Cause he was this perfect, beautiful little baby. It was my fault. Yeah. No, mm-hmm. you raised him. You fed him. You did what you had to do. And he's making his choices that are going to be his perfect choices. Mm-hmm. It's just really hard to watch when they're not mm-hmm. the choices you would make. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny how with him, like I am not doing kind of the mindset work with him that I am doing with my younger son. Like my younger son, I'm kind of like my dad. I like dribble in and kind of like slide in little hints and notions of mindset work because I feel like that he is more receptive and that like hopefully I can impact him positively but like the 18 year old, like he's just, he kind of has this wall, you know, like much like I did when I was a teenager, like he doesn't want help from nobody, leave him alone. He's going to figure this out. So I'm just like, I'm just going to sit back and watch the show. But I'm going to challenge you a little bit there because, um, as in direct sales and everything else, you got to plant the seeds, right? Mm -hmm. So you are planting seeds like your dad did. So even though Mm -hmm. you had a wall up, you still remember this. So those seeds were planted. They just didn't grow as fast. So like (laughs) Brody's (laughs) seeds might be growing faster than Mavericks, but like, don't stop planting. Don't, don't stop the mindset work around him and showing him because those are seeds that just me might need some more sun and water than the other ones. Like, you know, that, that is so, that is so true. And maybe I should pour more into him. Definitely. Because that's the one thing that I always say when people, you know, bring up sponsoring and business or whatever is like, you have to plant the seed, like just asking or bringing it up is enough that it could inevitably one day grow and they go, Hey, I, I, it's been three years, but now I want to join your team, right? It's been three years. You've been talking about mindset work and maybe all of a sudden something clicks or something in his life changes or something happens. So like, keep doing the work on both of them. Just know Mm -hmm. that they're growing differently. (laughs) So true. I mean, and, and it's perfect. Like what you said, like, I think, you know, um, one of our listeners, she had a new team member recently. And she was like, I've been talking to her for a year. And I was like, bravo sister Mm -hmm. way to not give up. That's right. Because initial like Brody and Maverick people decide things at different rates. Some people are, Mm -hmm. I want it now. I want to jump in now. And other people really have to think about it and go, will this fit in my life? Is this what I want? you know, and that's what they're doing with the mindset work. Maverick's hearing it. He just doesn't Mm -hmm. want it right now. Like, and you and I, (laughs) we were hearing it from Mm -hmm. family members, books, friends, but we weren't letting it resonate. Mm -hmm. Right. And I can see that in other people now, like we talked about with friends, like sometimes things change because you're now have grown and they're the ones rolling their eyes because they're not ready for it. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Like, yeah. And you never know when that's going to change. You never know when they're going to go come to you and be like, so (laughs) I might need your help now, or I might, you know, so keep planting those seeds for sure. I think that, uh, the more that you do that, 
then maybe he will do it sooner the way that we talk about. We wish we would have done it sooner, even though we know it's perfect. It could have been a loss. There are a lot of years that could have been a lot easier on me if I would have done this work sooner. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, seriously. Um, the way I raised my kids, like I was like super stressed out because I wanted them to like be perfect and have the perfect, you know, like life growing up. So, I mean, I was very regimented. I was on a schedule, like there was no leniency, like, you know, got up at this time, there was breakfast, lunch, you know, was at this time. And there's, we had to make sure we were home for a nap time because they could not miss a nap or they were incapable of napping anywhere, but in their bed. And I mean, like, I really stressed myself out for a good 10, 12 years because I felt like my influence and parenting involvement, like, determined everything for them in their early years. And, you know, like, if I were to have a baby right now, we are not having a baby right now, Rick. (laughs) Don't worry. Hey, just so you know. A baby. (laughs) If I had another baby baby right now, like, (laughs) I would be such a different mom. And I even like now having the mindset work, I, I am a much more different mom now, much more laid back, much less stressed out and just believe that things will work out for the best. But I stressed the hell out of myself and I'm pretty sure my family thought I was freaking crazy for how I was raising my kids. They just never told me. (laughs) But I, could have avoided all that stress in my life had I had these tools then. Amen. <laughs> I mean, I can second that 110%. <laughs> yeah. So you mamas out there who, um, you know, are trying to run your at-home direct sales businesses with little kids, like you can do this you can have the perfect business that you want. You can have, be the mom that you want to be, have the business that you want to be. You just might need to reach out for some help. And it all starts like everything that we create in our outside world starts on the inside first. And I think that is probably the most important lesson that I've learned that it all starts in your brain with your thoughts and the perfect and easy way for you to get started is to come into our Facebook community, Mindshit to Millions, and schedule a business diagnosis session with Adrian or myself. There is a link in there if it's not up yet. It will be in there soon. And we will spend 40 minutes with you and introduce you to the concept of mindset work and be able to drill down and get to the bottom of why you aren't on stage yet. Strive to change your mind shit to millions. See you next week.